Hello and welcome to Brain Space, a place you're going to listen to me as I talk to you about everything in my brain and no matter all the things around randomness. So sit back, relax, grab a seat, get a snack and prepare to listen to me as I talk to you and verse you on my opinions on faith, religion, politics, society and the world, particularly this policies pertaining to all things coloured and cultural. Without further ado, I give you Brain Space. Wow. We've been in quarantine for about four months, we lockdown for about four months. And over the last 120 or so days, I've come to realize that the world doesn't like me. I've woken up from what seems, in retrospect, to have been a peaceful, well, relatively peaceful slumber, a relatively peaceful illusion a daydream. <laughs> a figment of my imagination that let me think or tricked me into believing that I'm cool. People like me, that I'm welcome here when I'm not. Can you imagine the pain of being born into a world that doesn't love you? Can you imagine having a child looking at them with all the love in your eyes? And just waiting, just anticipating the day you have to sit them down and have the discussion with them and tell them the world's not going to like you because of your race. (laughs) Because of things I can't control, because of the colour of my skin, because of the colour of my eyes, because of the texture of my hair, because of my culture and the way I speak and the way I dress and the music I listen to and the food I eat, I will never be loved here. So I don't deserve to be here. I don't deserve to live here. I don't deserve to exist here. I will never have success here because no one is rooting for me. Because nobody loves me here. It hurt me on so many levels. It hits me deep. And I want it to hit you deep too. I was just thinking and I was just deeping it. And I've been trying to record this episode for such a long time and I haven't realized I didn't realize this is what I was trying to say this is what I was feeling this is what I was thinking (laughs) there are so many levels to this hatred there are so many levels to the dislike and the disgust felt towards me and by me I don't just mean myself as an individual by me I mean my race as a collective my people as a collective not to undermine the the validity and the importance of individual experience. I need you to understand something. I was born, (laughs) I'll go to school, I'll work, I'll live, and I will die being the most hated. I was born to be at the bottom of a totem pole. I had no control in designing. So I'm born, I'm born in a hospital, not in the worst place, not in the worst area, but in an area that is considered impoverished, in a borough that is considered a problem area, where there's troubled youths and gangs and knife crimes and postcode wars and violence, where there's robberies in broad daylight and burglaries and murders and frauds and drug exchanges happening on the corner. That's where I was born. So from the beginning, 
it seems like I've been set up to fail. It's no coincidence of the areas like Hackney, areas like Harringay, Newham, Tower Hamlets, Lambeth, Southwark, are areas that are considered to be problem areas, areas that are considered to be dangerous. There's no coincidence that those areas tend to have higher proportions of people of BAME backgrounds, people who aren't white, so to speak. Again, I'm not lumping everybody together and trying to eradicate the importance of individuality. That's all I'm trying to do. But I'm trying to make a point here. If you're not white, here, you are other, and therefore you don't deserve to be here. And therefore you are criminalised for being here. Notwithstanding the fact, not acknowledging the fact a lot of the time that the reason you're here is not because you wanted to be, but rather because they asked you to be. Because they called you here. Because they brought you here. It's funny how this country seems to have this kind of collective amnesia where they don't want to remember the things they did in history. They don't want to remember the colonies. They don't want to remember the slavery. They don't want to remember their involvement in the sugar trade. They don't want to remember their involvement in the cotton industry. But they want to remember the fact that there's a lot of black kids living in Hackney and Harringay's impoverished, Tottenham's a dangerous area, and Edmonton's a slum. (laughs) Laughing, I'm laughing sarcastically, I'm laughing bitterness, because I've been waiting 16 years to have this conversation with someone who can change it, and I've come to realise that person may not exist, Imagine, I was born to two black parents in a black family, a majority black family, which is why being chilling, minding our own business, I lived in an area that many would be scared to go to. My friends would probably be afraid to go to. They support the football team that, that resides there. They support the players that represent the area, but you would, they wouldn't be caught dead there. For anything other than a football game. No shade, no shade. But it's true. I know a lot of people who would feel uncomfortable there because of the number of brown and black faces they see, because of the sounds and the smells and the sights. Oh. <laughs> the diversity is probably too much for them. It may shock their system, render them speechless. And they're all nervous and uncomfortable and scared and intimidated because a black man with a hoodie on is suddenly a threat. Yeah? My dad's suddenly a threat. My uncle's suddenly a threat. We're suddenly the problem. Did you know I lived opposite a police station? And that's when my fear began because I remember 2011 when Mark Duggan was shot by policeman. And now his sons, <laughs> let's not talk about Banduke. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I have so much rage, so much anger that people may never understand, that I may never be able to pop properly articulate. But I have to let you know that I feel it, that I'm feeling the rage because I've been living a lie I've been living a pretense 
where people tell you you just have to work hard and you can be whatever you want to be. I can become a UN ambassador if I want to. I can become the Prime Minister. But how likely is it that a short, unconventionally attractive girl from the ghetto is going to make it to the top like that? (laughs) I'll wait. (laughs) I'll wait. I'm so bored of this myth of equality. I'm so bored of pretending that I'm happy and that I'm living a life that's quality and that I deserve to be experiencing. From the time I was about three, four, five, six, I remember my mum, my aunties, my grandmother drilling this into me, drilling this into me. You're black. You see the colour of your skin? You're black. You have to work 10 times as hard as anybody else to get half as far as they have. (laughs) Deep that. I was born knowing I was going to have to fight hell to get somewhere. (laughs) All because the world doesn't like me. All because my country doesn't want me. They don't want to claim me, but they brought me here. They enslaved us and they brought us here. But now they don't want us here. It's funny. It's funny. It's funny. It's comical, really. It makes me laugh. This country has such a dark past that they don't want to acknowledge. And it's scary. The way they could just rewrite history. It's terrifying to me. But no one's gonna... No one's gonna bat an eyelid. No one's gonna bat an eyelid until someone dies. No one's going to bat an eyelid until they get choked or they get kneed down. No one's going to bat an eyelid until the house burns down. When I go to school and you touch my hair, that's still a problem. When I have to sit in class, my hand's stuck in the air so that the teacher knows that I'm there, not just physically but mentally, my head is all there and I'm listening, ready and attentive. It's not a problem. It's not a problem. It's not a problem going into an institution that's supposed to be diverse and welcoming for all and seeing no one that represents you at all. That's not cool. That's not normal. That's not what a school should be like, but it is. It is. (laughs) But apparently that's all right. As long as you're not white, it doesn't really matter if you feel comfortable. We don't want you here anyways. Bro. (laughs) Bro. I'm going to step on some people's necks. It's going to be a loud one for the people in the back. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt you. I'm bored of our men saying no. (laughs) I don't even like people like that. But I'm bored of seeing it. I'm bored of reading it. I'm bored of hearing it in the music, in the songs. On the press, in the media, I'm sick and tired of seeing black men bash black women. I'm bored. I'm sick and tired of seeing light-skinned ladies and non-black women being fetishized in this disgustingly creepy way. I don't get it. I don't get it. I'm so sad to see how deeply my community has been plagued with this mental illness the inferiority complex because we were enslaved so many years ago and we've been held in bondage ever since (laughs) 
the wounds go deeper than we care to realize and the pain you can see it in the eyes of the people who say oh no i could never date a dark-skinned girl oh no i could never date a girl with nappy hair you see i fit all 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 the stereotypes of what you don't want to be as a black girl you don't want to be small and you don't want to be skinny you need to have a body you need to have breasts <laughs> you don't want to be ugly you gotta have you know high cheekbones you gotta have light green eyes you gotta have thick eyebrows and eyelashes your skin's gotta be clear most importantly you've gotta have curly hair you might want to be a bit light have some freckles here and there and that's no hate to anyone who looks like that you're beautiful but so am i see i have no issue with preference i have no issue with you saying this is what i prefer this is my ideal but you have to understand that everyone else feels the rejection I don't have to be the person rejected, but seeing women, grown women who look like me, being dejected because of the colour of their skin and because of the colour of their hair, because it's too coarse. But your mum's looks like that. Yours looks like that. You're trying to water down the hair. You're trying to water down the melanin in your skin because you're trying to escape the fact that you were born black. Because you're born into a land that wants to send you back from to where they took you from. That's a slave mentality. <laughs> it's sad. It's a tragedy, really, to think that my brothers are growing up in a world where the police, their friends' parents, are only going to see them as the criminals, their fraudsters, their murderers, their thugs. They're dangerous. They need to be watched. <laughs> They're the bad breeds that belong in youth clubs and hostels. They don't deserve a life. They don't deserve a chance. (laughs) And then they ask why black men don't date black women. Because you've demonised the idea of being black for them. They don't want their kids to have to go through the discrimination they face. They don't want to risk their kid getting bananas thrown at them. Hearing monkey sounds on the bus. They don't want to have to deal with the shopkeepers eyeing them up and down. Following them around like they're going to steal something. It's Sainsbury's, bruv. No one wants to steal a bag of Tilda. <laughs> no one wants to ask Matty Rice. When I go into pack, when I go into Beauty Depot and I've gone to buy my hair... I'm not stealing anything else in there. I've come for what I've come for, and that's it. But I still get followed around like I'm a convict. (laughs) Oh, I'm crying now. I'm crying. I'm crying now. I'm crying. Can you hear the pain in my voice? Can you hear how loud it is? Can you hear it? They tell us, you're nothing. You're not smart. They say we're the problem children. (laughs) Are we really the problem though? How can you blame a whole race for the fact that an institution consistently fails us? The attainment gap between ethnicities, between races in this country is preposterous. It's horrendous. It's horrific. It's momentous and gargantuously wrong. And I'm sick of seeing... Black boys are on average this less this much less likely 
than their white counterparts to make it to university or to graduate with a degree. I'm bored. I'm sick and tired of it. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done hearing that black girls are gonna get off, are gonna drop out of school at sixteen and have kids. If they do, that's their choice. But that's not all of our stories. You can't take one narrative and turn it into a collective voice. It doesn't work that way, institution. It doesn't work that way, man. Right, the power. This is bland. There's no season and there's no spice to what you're saying anymore. These are the same rumours you've been hearing since 1604. I'm bored. I'm bored. I'm bored. Of seeing no one looks like, looking like me in Parliament. And hearing the people that reflect me being ignored. <laughs> I'm sick and tired of us being the brunt and the scapegoats and the people to blame for every problem. We are the reason for the high crime rates. We're the reason for the riots. We're the reason for the protests. We're the reason for the looting. It's always us. Blame it on the black ones, why don't you? Blame it on the black ones, why don't you? You go on the bus and we're joking, busting joke at the back at the top deck. And we're loud, we're boisterous, we're disrupting the public. Okay. Alright, babe. Alright. You tell us. You will never amount to anything. You will never amount to anything. You push us into specific courses. Nothing wrong with them, but you push us into music and childcare. And there's nothing wrong with it. Completely respectable professions there, yes, but we can do everything that you can. Then you say, they don't get too far, they ain't too bright. Then you see any successful CEOs who are black. <laughs> no, most of them are white. Because from the time where young children are telling us that we can't do anything right, and then you say, they're not smart enough. No, all our lives we've had to fight a system determined to bring us down. We've had to deal with the media trying to burn us down. We've had to deal with the government trying to hush us down, trying to keep us quiet, <laughs> trying to hold us back. <laughs> why? Sometimes I just sit back and I wonder, why? <laughs> why? Why is the hate so strong? Why is the volume in this bus so astronomical? I don't understand anymore. I don't get it. It's boring. It's painful. I'm over it. I don't want it anymore. I'm done. <sighs> I'm done ranting. I'm done. Guys, I just need you to feel the pain, to be honest with you. This wasn't a structured thing. It wasn't a thing where I was like, I'm going to sit here and I'm going to talk about a specific thing. This is the pain that's been on my chest for years. And now it's off. And this is going to step on some people's necks. This is going to offend some people. It's going to hurt their feelings. Give it to them. If you know someone whose feelings is going to hurt, share it with them. Send it to them. I beg you. Tag them in it. Send it to them. Please. Because everybody needs to hear this. We're not just a disease for you to kill. 
or for you to cure. Or so much more than that. I'll see you next week on Brain Space. Bye.